Good morning. Good morning, everyone. It's a good day today. Uh, I will be on sabbatical as of tomorrow. Today I'm still working, you see that. Uh, and uh, let's keep praying for myself and our family. And I asked my wife what I should do in my sabbatical. And the first thing she said, you're going to cook more in the house. <laughs> That's one of my jobs. And also square one world media celebrating 75th anniversary this year. This is an aver a ministry among the nations, a ministry among the nations through media. Uh, please keep praying for the Square One staff as we are uh, celebrating in the fall when I come back and uh, God will do great things in our life. Uh, the yellow color is not my favorite color. And it is because it's a warning color. For example, of a yellow color that we saw many times. Forever 21. You remember that, bags? Forever 21. John 3.16 on the bottom. John 3.16. And then Love Winnipeg shirt. I hated that. I wore it, but I hated that. <laughs> and then traffic police signs. The only yellow that I love is this one. The sticky note helps me. Uh, the most annoying of all, it is traffic police signs, because you must reduce the speed on Beverly from 80 suddenly to 60. <laughs> traffic police love the yellow signs. They are warning signs. They warn drivers like me, uh, and to get our immediate attention. In other words, traffic police shows their love to drivers, remember. They show their love to all of us through these yellow signs. There are many other signs in our city and country that do not get much attention like traffic signs. But some of the warning signs about our city will determine the future for our city and country. Winnipeg police reports that for the third year in a row, Winnipeg saw a high number of homicides within 43 in 2021. This is a 2.4% increase over the last year. Police are reporting 38 hate crimes in 2021, which is a 46.2% increase over 2022, 2020. However, the report notes that the actual number of hate crimes that occurred may be higher. Of these 38 hate crimes, 53% were race, ethnicity, race, ethnicity related. 39% were religious hate crimes and 8% related to sexual orientation. I'm in Canada only for the last 22 years. And, but many of you who were born here or live here all your life told me that 40 years ago in Canada, this situation was totally different. Do you agree with that? Yes? Yes? No? You don't know? OK. Uh, in contrary, 40 years ago, majority of Canadians would say that believing in God is key and essential to morality. Not anymore. In this matter, we could start blaming game. We, bla we could blame those in authority for making secular laws, secular laws. We could blame other religions and cultures that got here with coming of uh, immigrants in the last decades. Some blame Hollywood, uh, TV shows, video games, and technology. Some of us blame ourselves, Christians, that we did not do our job to share the gospel with our own generation. The blaming game goes on and on. 
but does not change our current situation, but makes it worse. Finally, some of us like Jonah in the Bible decide to flee from the challenge and continue that we are doing. Sometimes we think it does not matter how secular the society is. We believe in Jesus. That's all we needed. And we get to heaven when we die. And if Jesus comes today, we will take a, he will take us with him. My big question to all of us is, what about others? What about others? Our unsafe family members, our friends who are sick, our immigrant neighbors from China or India, our recent refugees from Afghanistan and Ukraine, our co-workers who are struggling with gambling and drinking, people that addicted to drugs and we don't like them. This list goes on, on and on, gets bigger to include violence in the North End and our uh, North End and as a whole in our city or at the folks we saw on the news. And West End and many communities and reserve that suffer from different challenges. Let's all learn some lessons from the book of Jonah. Lesson number one, disobedience leads to severe consequences. We uh, listen to Jonah 1, 1 to 7. Through the book of the Jonah, we see clearly the sovereignty of God, of God. In the book of Jonah, God's sovereignty is not limited only to human-like lives like that of Jonah and the people of Nineveh, but we see God's sovereignty in nature and animals as well. The only difference in God's sovereignty in the book of Jonah in relation to humans versus nature, animals, and vegetation is the response and change in their life. Jonah was changed. People of Nineveh were changed. But nature, animals, and vegetation continue the same way without a dramatic change for years and centuries. Also, God's commands. It's like the king who speaks. The king of kings. God commands. is brief with no explanation. John 1, 2. God commands. Arise, go to Nineveh. Three words. There are many unknown in this God's command to Jonah. No details. No prediction for the issue, no information offered, no Google, nothing, no dramatic change, and also no support or funds for missionaries. When we read the book of Jonah, we condemn him for disobedience. But in real life, sometimes we are like Jonah. We also go the opposite direction. God send us, and we make reasons for our actions. I looked the map for this Jonah's uh, trip. Nineveh is... Northeast of Israel, Tarshish is southwest. From Israel, he went right away. Instead of going northeast, he went opposite direction. Jonah is a different prophet in the hands of sovereign God. Jonah had no clues about his calling. Jonah's calling by sovereign God is a very short one without explanation. Arise and go. Today they will go to the camp. Yeah, Arise and go. Yeah. We hope that we get there safely, not to the opposite direction. <laughs> Jonah's response also was a short one by going in the opposite direction. When Jonah disobeys God, then we see clearly the sovereignty of God to bring Jonah back to square one. Not the world media one, but the square one to his life. But this time he is a changed man. We might think that the best way to see God's sovereignty is to disobey, disobey him and go in the opposite direction or flee from him. On the contrary, disobedience to God forces us to experience 
serious consequences and challenges to see God more clearly and to see his uh, power and love. In Jonah's case, God could let Jonah die in the uh, ship or fish's belly, but his purpose is bigger for Jonah and for all of us, and God was not finished with him either. Sometimes we also disobey God or flee from God because we cannot see God's bigger picture in our life. Joseph Cook says, the way to flee from God is to flee to him. The ways to flee from God is to flee to him. Yes, we are limited like Jonah by our own selfishness or our own desires and run away from God or hide from him. Thank God that in the midst of our disobedience, he is not finished with us like he was not finished with Jonah. God always, God always give us a second chance. Always give us a second chance, no matter how much we disobey him. As Cook said, the way to flee God, God is to flee to him. And this his sovereign will is to save not only individuals like us, Jonah, but also all nations. God saves people not only from physical destruction like people of Nineveh, but from eternal destruction through Jesus Christ. As a Hebrew prophet, Jonah wanted to help people of Israel. But when he, God called him to go to Nineveh, he was surprised because Nineveh was Israel's enemy. I was born in a Muslim uh, uh, family. And, you know, I, ha I was brought to hate Jews. As a culturally and also everything. I was brought to hate uh, Jews. But when God opened my heart, I started loving them. And this is one of my dreams to visit Israel. I don't know if they will accept me, but it is my dream. I was called by God to serve refugees years ago. I said to God, I will serve you here in Winnipeg. And don't tell me to go anywhere. That's like a Jonah kind of thing. But in 2009, when I became a missionary, the thing, first thing God said, go to Afghanistan and meet believers there. I was afraid, but I went there and I met believer there, believers, and that was my part, that I obeyed God. I was called. I'm not sure what we do if we were in Jonah's place. Although we judge Jonah for disobedience and call him foolish and selfish, but in reality, we also many times in life disobeyed God and did foolish and selfish acts in the eyes of God. Yes, we did not experience being in the fish's belly for three days, but God, by his love and grace, had mercy on us and did not destroy us because God is concerned for us as individuals and for the world around us. He is concerned. I believe God is God of all. Yes, Israel plays a key role in God's word and God's story during history, but God loves and cares for all people. So far in Jonah's life, two important facts. We cannot, we cannot hide from God. Because he is sovereign all times and circumstances, and God is interested not only in our own tribe, race, family, and nation, but in all people around the world because he is the Lord of all. Listen number two. two. Repentance leads to life and peace. Jonah, after praying from fish's belly, went to Nineveh, a great city. He did not call people to repent. It's interesting. He simply brought the message of God to them. Jonah 3, 4b says... Forty more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. In the shortest version, this statement is only five words. What a sermon of five words. That nations were saved. It reminds us of our last words of Jesus who said on the cross, it is finished. Shorter. Three words. 
and all world can be saved by his death. It is finished. A three-word sermon was shorter than Jonah because Jesus is one who is bigger than Jonah. Jesus gave his life for others. In Jonah 3, 5, we read that Nineveh believed God a fast was proclaimed and all of them from the greatest to the least put on sackcloth. Putting on sackcloth was a clear sign of repentance and response to God of Israel. We all know that the Ninevites had many gods. They were pagans. But what happened that they believed in God of Israel, their enemy. I think Jehovah, God of Israel, by his spirit already at work in the hearts of Ninevites to first change their hearts. Then save them from physical destruction. What we believe that God, our God, also at work in different people here in our city as well. Does this verse mean God's sovereignty is changed? Not at all. God's sovereignty is always righteous. God is not pleased with destruction or destroying people. Rather, he wants people to repent. There we see a clear picture of repentance that leads to salvation. Ninevites were saved because Jonah answered God's calling to the Gentiles and people repented. Jesus came and saved. Here is the words of Jesus. For the kingdom of God is near. Jesus obeyed God by giving his life on the cross that all mankind can be saved. Jesus, son of God, dying on the cross and rode the cross and buried for three days also was the fulfillment of Jonah's sign to save all nations. And Jesus raised from the dead that all nations can be saved through his death and live through his resurrection. We see that God saved through Jonah one nation from physical destruction. But through Jesus, God saves all nations from eternal destruction. I think this would be a good reason for our church to vision all nations and all ages, ages and all backgrounds. Thank God for that vision. I totally understand Jonah fleeing from God. I was brought up in a society that hated everything. Hated everything. We hated each other. And we fled from each other. And I can understand him. Since September 11, 2001, attacks, many people in the West also started to hate those who are not like them. And like Jonah, do not want anything to do with them. But God allowed tens of thousands from other nations, from different cultures and religions and way of life to the West, including to Canada and our city of Winnipeg. Most of these refugees suffered from violence and abuse and fled their own countries to be safe in the West, including in Canada. I minister, work, and pray for Muslims and refugees regularly because this is my calling. I have to tell you the truth of the matter that ministering to refugees, ministering to refugees is a joyful and the same time a long-term and a painful ministry. Long-term and a painful ministry. Because it is not easy to share the gospel with those who dress, think, smell, and eat differently. I was uh, uh, doing evangelism in the street of Winnipeg years ago. And you go, I were, we were going to the downtown building, high-rise building on Hargrave. When you go there, in each floor, sometimes the smell of different foods, you don't want to enter the floor. <laughs> all Korean, Chinese, Indian, East Indian, all of it. It's one of the things, but it's a good thing with the Canadian food that they don't have much smell, yeah? <laughs> but anyway, the other food, they have a strong smell. And you don't want to enter that floor. 
But here is God's grace that enable us to enter that floor and talk with these people from different backgrounds and loving them and liking them. The book of Jonah requires from us that we should not fear or flee from those who are not like us. I mean those who are dressed differently, eat different foods, smell differently, and have different values. Praying, sharing, and loving those who are not like us are a long-term and painful ministry that needs faith, perseverance, and hope. Only God can change the heart of people. Our job, like Jonah, is to tell them that Jesus loves them and help them in their challenges in life. I speak English for the last probably 20 plus years. I do have, I recognize, I do have accent in English. That's obvious from where I am. But uh, other day, uh, I was uh, in a prayer meeting and uh, I shared something. And one of our great friends, uh, we, we know each other for years, and he said to me, Shuaib, you have a funny English. <laughs> and I was thinking, should I laugh or cry? <laughs> uh, and I, I accept correction in English, of course, uh, but sometimes even these small things can be accepted differently what they mean. I do not know what he meant by that, but I accept it differently. Lesson number three, obedience leads to great relationship. Matthew 12, 38, 41 says, Jesus says, then some of the scribes and Pharisees said to him, teacher, we want to see a sign from you. But he answered and said to them, an evil and adulterous generation craves for a sign and yet no sign will be given to it but the sign of Jonah the prophet. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the sea monster, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The man, the men of Nineveh will stand up with his with this generation at the judgment and will condemn it, because they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and behold, something greater than Jonah is here. I think that the last statement. We have something greater than Jonah in our life that we need to share with others. I would like to read, to read a letter uh, from an Afghan educated man inside Afghanistan years ago. Uh, he wrote to me. Here is uh, his letter. I grew up with a religious con uh, context. Is imagine a young man educated in Afghanistan living in Kabul. I grew up within a religious family, society, and among mullahs, spending the best years of my life memorizing the Quran and Islamic jurisprudence. I have been searching for God since 15 years, looking into the sentence of Nietzsche, God is dead, every year from a new angle. Don't we deserve a better living and reward after our great and unique sacrifices? Then why are we sinking into poverty, insecurity, and Reunion day to day. Afghanistan is the poorest country in the world. Day. And there is no hand from above helping us. I saw this doubt just today at the face of an addicted young man. He had no home, no money, no warm clothes, and even nothing to eat. He was begging the pastors to buy bread for him, but no one attending. He was shaking of coldness as his feet were completely bare. The life has shown him it is most difficult aspect. For the God's sake, buy me a piece of bread, he was repeating. I stayed buying bread for him, saying, 
for the God's sake. Having caught the bread, he looked deeply and thoughtfully and said, God is dead. I suddenly witnessed Nietzsche's passing the limits of place and time, standing before me, talking through the tongue of that young addicted man here in Kabul, Afghanistan, at the beginning days of 2014, echoing this, his lectures. I never understood God is dead as I did today. The man ran away and left me alone with Nietzsche. We, after many years and diverse experiences, know now that our God is dead, but have no idea of when and how. It was a bitter truth that we should have realized in many years and centuries ago, but now found it after a massive delay. Perhaps, in the reading of the Jonah, do you remember this word, perhaps? Perhaps there is a little still time. Perhaps there is still chance. This is Kabul and our God is dead. What about yours? That's young person's question. Is question to all of us. What about our God? What about our God? We do not want to hear that somebody in 2022 in Winnipeg will say, this is Winnipeg and God is dead. In contrary, we all want the people will say, this is Winnipeg and our God is alive. But those who are oppressed, sick, refugees, or need help will tell you, if you believe your God is alive, show it and prove it. Perhaps there is still time. Perhaps there is still a place. Perhaps there is still somebody to help and show that our God is alive. And one day, the people who needed our help will say, your God is alive because when I needed clothes, you gave me. I needed a piece of bread or a cup of coffee or tea, you gave me. I needed to learn English and computer, you helped me. I needed comfort and you gave me. I was in prison and you visited me. I needed a job and you helped me to find one. I needed a smile and a hug and you gave me. Finally, I needed a Jesus and you showed me. That's people not like us. They will ask, I needed Jesus, and you showed it to me. By your words and action. And Jesus will say, job is well done, my friend. I would like to finish with this words from Mother Teresa. Do it anyway. People are often unreasonable, irrational, and self-centered. Forgive them anyway. If you are kind, people may accuse you of selfish, ulterior motives. Be kind anyway. If you are successful, you will win some unfaithful friends and some genuine enemies. Succeed anyway. If you are honest and sincere, people may deceive you. Be honest and sincere anyway. What you spend years creating, others could destroy overnight. Create anyway. If you find serenity and happiness, some may be jealous. Be happy anyway. The good you do today will often be forgotten. Do good anyway. Give the best you have, and it will never enough. Give your best anyway. In the final analysis, it is between you and God. It was never between them and you anyway. 
Thank you. Lord bless you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, most of all, we thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. He came and showed the way to us. He preached the kingdom of God. He did miracles. He raised the dead. And on the cross, he gave his life for our sins. He was buried and rose again. We thank you, Lord, that he is alive. Our God is not dead. He is alive. And he is alive forevermore. He is alive in us. He is alive through us. He is alive in the church. He is alive in the small groups. He is alive in the ministries. He is alive among refugees. Lord, I pray as we go to our own ways that you make your known alive through us, Lord, through our words, through our actions, to help others who need it, to help others, to share your love and kindness to those who are not like us, to those who talk differently, to those who smell differently, to those who eat differently, to those who are needed. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to be light and salt. Lord, I thank you for our church here. It's a great church, Lord, as we were informed today about this young Afghan family. Lord, help us to show this Afghan family that God is not dead, that our God is not dead. He is alive. Has, he is going to work through us, Lord. We give this family into your hand, Lord, I pray. We all in the church here in Fort Gary play our own role, our own calling. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. And we give you all the praise and glory. Our God is not dead. He is alive and he is alive forevermore. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Fort Gary MB Church. We hope that what you heard challenged you to think in new ways about Jesus Christ and the life that we are called to through his death and resurrection. If you have any questions about who we are as a church, our mission, or have any other questions in general, please do not hesitate to contact our office email at info at fgmb.ca. Be blessed.